Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm looking good, and I'm talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Thursday, September 26, 2019. Um, there's not really a lot to talk about in terms of my ladder. I kind of uh, had a pretty good week, and then I had a pretty not good week, and that's a long way of saying I've fallen back to rank to rank four after very nearly touching the bottom of rank five, and. Uh, just because I think I sound like I know what I'm talking about, friends. Uh, rest assured that I have my off weeks too, and um, you know I think part of it is you know again looking at my own mental state and stuff like that. I think that I was pretty tuckered out from a pretty a couple pretty stressful weeks, a pretty stressful week in general, and then just kind of tanked myself down. It was actually going okay Monday night uh, when I streamed. I was kind of in the beginning of that tailspin. And then the last couple of days have just been like completely exhausting. And I think my play has kind of shown, showed for it. And then I started pressing and it's, it's a, it's a bad cycle when you get into it. I'm not immune to it either. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I could come on here and just not say anything right? I I could just be like, oh yeah, ladder's fine. And, but I I think it's important to realize that, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster for everyone. Now it's the 26th. I don't know if I'm going to get to legend. I did hit rank one at at the top of my, at the top of my climb. So at least I started rank five and I may take solace in that because I also have a lot of work to do on the dashboard at some point this weekend, I think. Because the uh, the Bucharest qualifiers are going to start on the fourth, so I don't know if it's on the fourth. It, it's um, it might be on the fourth. I don't know. It's next week, I think. Not Bucharest qualifiers, Arlington qualifiers. Oh boy. Anyway, um, so you know, I may not have the time to put in all the games to get to Legend because I'm in like the middle. I, I think I'm actually at the low end of rank four right now. I may just jam some games and try to do it, but I'm not going to kill myself to do it just because, like, I, I I don't have to prove that. And at the same time, I do have to get the work done on the dashboard, and that's going to take priority. Plus, there's been, like, every video game in, like, creation came out in the past week, too, which has been a little bit distracting. I mean, you know, getting Apple Arcade on top of, like, Nino Kuni and... Um, and Zelda, and Untitled Goose Game, and, and everything else, so it's been, it's been quite a week, but you know what, I'm, I'm happy to have hit rank one, and I'm going to kind of let myself off the hook, just knowing that I don't need, again, in terms of my own sanity, I don't need to do it every month, and it sounds like from the, uh, from, from the news that we got today, we are going to, um, we're going to be getting a shake-up, so it's not a matter of, like, learning the decks so I know them and getting the reps in because it sounds like the meta is going to change pretty dramatically and so we'll talk about that and then I I also want to talk about related to that why Priest is in kind of the state that it's in because there's been a lot of discussion around why Priest is either Tarabad or like meta breaking and I have some thoughts on that and I think that the, the event that's coming up may actually kind of prove some of those out so um that's a lot. Let's let's get into that. 
So we got a, uh, an announcement from the dev team. This is kind of around the same time last year that we got the In The Works, the infamous In The Works blog post, but this one's a lot more positive than that. Uh, just announcing a couple of things that they're working on. Um, one of them really quickly is that we're going to get new hero portraits for A Thousand Wins, which for folks like me who are well beyond the point where we're getting golden hero portraits, um, it's nice to have something to work towards. I'm pretty sure I'm going to unlock most, if not all of those, right off the bat, because I have over a thousand wins in nearly every class, if not all of them. I'm like not 100% sure about like Rogue and Warlock, but... I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I have a thousand wins across most of the other classes. So, and they're, they're pretty cool. They they look like they're more from like the the Battle for Azeroth style. Like Jane is wearing that thing that she's. I have no idea what's going on in World of Warcraft. I don't play it at all, but I've seen some of the cinematics, and I know what Jaina what what Jaina looks like in those in those cinematics. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty cool, and I'm I'm happy that they're doing that because. Like, I know, you know, I mean, I'm well past that already, but I know my wife got a thousand hunter wins a couple months ago and she was like ready for it. And then all of a sudden, like nothing happened and she was pretty bummed because it felt like it was a pretty big accomplishment and it was, and you know, there was just like nothing to even like, like even if nothing else happened and it just kind of like threw up a thousand wins and then that was it, like at least to acknowledge it, it was good. So at least like there's something else to work towards once you get your golden hero portrait. Now, you know, again, if for those of you who are newer to the game and aren't even anywhere near a golden hero portrait, like, you know, that seems like really far away and it doesn't matter, but I mean, you know, eventually you'll get there. I mean, it's one of those things that if you play enough, you kind of just will, will get yourself there eventually. Um, so it's good to have another goal to work toward. Um, you know, I, I, there, they could do more of that, but that's a good, a good first step that they're listening. Um, and they're going to be doing some things with the quests, the daily quests for gold. And uh, ultimately, they're going to be making the quests easier. And I, the, But one thing that you're going to want to be paying close attention to is that I believe, according to the post, if you re-roll after they make those changes, it is always going to give you a 50 gold quest. So there's not going to be any more... Like, I know Blister Guy has talked on his show a lot about min-maxing quest rewards like re-rolling the 50 gold quests when to try to get like a, a, a friend quest or one of the 100 gold ones or whatever. And like, that was definitely a, like a legit strategy back in the days when the, when the quests were like 40 and 60 and you had like a 20 gold ver- uh, differential. Now that it's 10, like you probably will make that gold up just by winning the three games that you need to complete the quest anyway. Um, so, but it's, it's important to to keep in mind that that is no longer going to be the case. You are always going to get a 50 gold quest if you reroll. So if you, I mean, if you want a different 50 gold quest, that's fine. But if you're, if you're just going to reroll any, if your, your default mode is to reroll any 50 gold quest, um, then to try to get a better one, just know that that's not really a great use of your time anymore. And you may as well just, you know, go for the quests that are going to be easiest for you to complete. They, they do say that they're going to make the, the, low, the lower gold quests easier to do. So, I mean, there's a, there's a good and a bad to that. The good news is for very new players or people starting out like an alt account, 
it's you're going to have less of a like a card library requirement to get that done. The flip side is that those players are also going to run out of things to do if they're only playing to get their gold every day. But you know, whatever. Um, I, I think it's you know making the gold easier to get is a good thing overall. And um, they also stated that they were going to have more events. You know, and they're going to be announcing something October 4th. I assume that's going to be... They've they've been doing... I forget what they call Halloween. Um, (laughs) You know, I know know Christmas is with Gervail and and, and Easter is Noble Garden. I forget what they call Halloween. But whatever they call Halloween, they usually have done the the Dual Class Arena event. Uh, So I imagine that that's going to have something to do with it. Um, and they said that they're going to be planning more of those events with, with temporary or even permanent changes similar to like the Rise of the Mechs event um, going forward. So that's that's good to hear that, you know, the team is thinking about those things. I, you know, it, it's good to change things up. It's good to have, you know, some of these events to, to kind of break up the long, um, the long period in between like when a set comes out and the and the announcement of the new set, like as soon as we get the new set, then we usually go into like a month of card review and speculation. And then we get the new set and there's like a month of, oh, this meta is new and we're trying a whole bunch of new decks. And then there's like those two months in the middle. And so, you know, the and, and up to now or up to like the Rise of the Mechs event, the only real, um, the only real lever that they've had to pull was, okay, well, we'll do balance changes. And that, I mean, that's fine if you have to do balance changes, but you also don't want to be just changing cards for the hell of it. So, you know, having a way for them to make a, a change to the meta in between, uh, in between expansion releases is good. It's going to kind of start to feel like the arena seasons do where you kind of have a two month season and maybe you have balance changes in between. So, the big, the big news out of this announcement is the event that's starting presumably early October. That's when we're going to get more information, at least. Which is going to add cards from Wild back into Standard. So, we're getting 23 new cards, which if you're assuming that, you know, there's going to be two times something or, or nine, nine times something plus whatever in neutral because there's nine classes and they're going to distribute them equally. So you're probably getting, you know, two, you know, two class cards, which is 18 plus five neutrals, which is 23. Um, that that's where that number comes from. And those are going to be some of the more powerful cards from wild. And they would have to be because, Again, when you're introducing a small number of cards into the meta, and we had this conversation with the rise of the, of the mechs buff, which is effective, which was effectively introducing those cards into into standard because they weren't seeing any play. Then you need to make them pretty powerful in order to get them to make any sort of an impact. So this is a way for them to rebalance the meta a little bit, maybe introduce some counterplay to things like they could very easily add something like a Dirty Rat or a Psychic Scream, you know, or I'm, I'm thinking of, like, ways that, like, like if you think about, like, whatever the most popular decks are right now, which is, like, you know, Combo Priest, and, 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 and they may not even be thinking about that, right? Because, like, as we know with the Rise of the Mechs event, they were designing that, like, way in advance, and they weren't looking at that clearly based on what on what they actually did. 
as a response to the meta. So, you know, it, it may not be, it may get tweaked a little bit, but ultimately it may or may not actually have anything to do with what's going on in the meta. But there are definitely cards that would probably be fine without some of the other things that they were there along with as their contemporaries, like Skull of the Minari, right? Like, I, I, and I, I'm just spitballing right now. So I, I guess I, before I before I do that, the the cards that have been revealed that they're going to be giving us are Nazoth and Ragnaros. And if you don't own those in your collection, or even if you do, you'll get a, a version of them for free that is temporary. So do not do not dust anything because you're not keeping it. <laughs> but um, if you everyone's going to get a copy of all of these cards, you don't have to go and craft them or anything. And which is a nice thing for them to do, just kind of give everybody a set of cards for free to play with. And so, and at least two of them are legendaries that we can see. Um, but the like the thing is that. You know, some of those cards that may get introduced on their own are were potentially on, on the side of broken when they were really powerful. But you know, cards are never broken like in a well. I shouldn't say that. Cards are rarely broken in a vacuum, but they're broken because of the other cards that are of that exist alongside them in the meta. So, for example, like Nazoth is a is a card that we had a conversation about in the Discord today. Which, by the way, you can join it um, at discord.offcurve.com plug. Um, but so we had a conversation about Nazoth because Nazoth is, is a scary card. Nazoth was a core part of Cubewalk for wh while it was still available in Standard. But Nazoth was available for like almost two years before Carnivorous Cube and Voidlord. And Nazoth was played, don't get me wrong, but it was fine, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't a broken card. It was broken when it was bringing back three nines that vomited out one threes and that, that had been already, you know, copied a couple of times and then was a second mass resurrect effect alongside a blood reaver pulled in. Right. So that's why Nazoth was broken, but Nazoth had existed for a long time. It was, it was Okay. But it wasn't ever really like a super broken card before Cubewalk. Um, maybe in the original Gods meta, it was a little bit more powerful just because like there was so little to do at the time. Like that was back when we were running Cairn just to be able to, re to resurrect it though. And like the death rattles that we have now are not those death rattles, you know? Like I think Priest can, and, and we'll talk about Resurrect Priest in a minute because I think Priest can, can benefit from it, but other than that, like, maybe Quest Paladin might get a little bit disgusting with the number of things that you can copy, uh, so that, that might be a concern, but, like, overall, like, I, I don't see Nazoth being, like, abnormally overpowered. Same thing with Ragnaros, like, the reason Ragnaros was rotated was because, like, there was just nothing better to do at 8 mana, and I don't think that's necessarily the case now. Like, even, like, it was starting to fall out of favor right before it was rotated anyway. And, like, yeah, it'll go in, it'll go in Highlander decks. I mean, why not? But I don't know that you're necessarily going to run it in every deck like you did 
you know, back when it was at the height of its popularity. So I think there's a way to, to find those cards that were powerful and insert them into a standard meta that would not, not exploit them quite as hard. But I do worry. And the reason that I worry is the same reason I worried about the rise of the mechs event, and I was, I was correct about that, which is that it is very easy to overshoot. It's, hard, it's much easier to overshoot when you're adding stuff to the meta than taking it away. And they overshot with Pocket Galaxy. Like, there's no arguing that. They overshot with extra arms. There, there could be some argument about that. But they 100% overshot with, with Pocket Galaxy. And you only need to overshoot with a couple of cards to take a meta that's, for all intents and purposes, reasonably balanced and make it unpleasant, right? So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think they can do this in a way that will, um, that will shake up the meta without breaking it, but I'm, I, I'm nervous based on our Pocket Galaxy experiences. So this kind of led me into thinking about what is going to be coming with what we know and I had a conversation with Andrew from a Happy Hearthstone, as, as we tend to do. Because, you know, we can't let an opportunity for anything that looks like a card review go by us. Uh, <laughs> so, so you know, we got to talking about um, about Priest and about Nazoth. And about the fact that Andrew needs to get his thousand wins in Priest. I, by the way, am not giving up Taronda for, you know, slightly, slightly uh, fancier Anduin. Like, Anduin can go D-I-A-F. I, you know, it's Taronda or die for me. But that's a different discussion for another day. But, you know, we were kind of getting to talking, and I was thinking about, like, why Priest is the way that it is. And, and which is to say that it is either terabad or it's oppressive, right? And, and we kind of crossed the Rubicon into oppressive with um, Saviors of Uldum. And... Uh, you know, a lot of the reason for that with Combo Priest is we got a couple of tools that, um, like, the the whole, the whole idea of Priest, right, is that you're going to, the way you theoretically win games is by investing in, in high toughness minions and effectively just getting a hold of board and not letting it go and using your hero power and your heal effects to snowball a board advantage. That's the, that's the general idea of what priest is supposed to be as far as I can see right now. And that's never really been the way that priest has won games with the exception of maybe, maybe uh gadget sand era dragon priest which was like the only true mid-range deck that Priest has had. But for the most part, we've had two win conditions in Priest. And those are burn your face down for a gazillion out of nowhere, which would be Mind Blast Priest, that would be Raza Priest, um, that would be, there were some old school Velen OTK Priests that ran like Akanai, and flash heal, which healed for healed any target for five and Velen and 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 so on and so forth. You get the idea. So there's the burn your face off in one turn win condition. 
And then there's the Divine Spirit Interfire win condition, which is basically build a reasonably sized minion, you know, quadruple its health, and then hit your opponent in the face once and, and win. Right? And and the re and then they retired Mind Blast. And we still have Divine Spirit Interfire, and that's the only win condition. And and traditionally those have been the only ways that priests won. Shadow Reaper Anduin added a little bit of, of flexibility there. But ultimately, that's the way the Priest wins. And the, re that, the reason that Priest has to do that is because its classic set and its basic set really don't give it any other option. Like, the classic set and the basic set really kind of drive home, like, what the general approach and the hero power to a lesser extent. Uh, like, what the general approach to a class is going to be. Like, you know, Hunter's pretty straightforward, right? You have beast synergies, you have a hero power that does face damage, and you have, you know, direct damage that's generally um, either beasts that are rushing in, that are charging in, or kill command, right? Like, it, it tells you pretty clearly what are you supposed to do. Druid, before it got nerfed repeatedly, had... A couple of different. It has a couple of different directions it can go. One is that you make a board and then you use things like Savage Roar and um, Power of the Wild um, to make to make that army of little things big and then kill your opponent. Or you cheat on mana and ramp, and then you build a giant thing and start hitting your opponent in the face with it. Right, like we could go through all of the classes, and there's a pretty, for the most part, there's a pretty clear direction that the game, that the classic set and the basic set want you to take the game in. Shaman's probably like the most murky because it it, it kind of has a similar problem where a lot of its tools are kind of all over the place and and really rely on overload when there's not really any payoff for overload. But, you know, they, they've given Shaman... They've given Shaman enough tools to, to kind of get there. But Priest's classic set is just... I mean, especially since they got rid of Mind Blast. Is just... It's not there. Like, I'm going to read off some cards for you, okay? Um, Divine Spirit, Holy Nova, Holy Smite, Mind Control, Mind Vision, Northshire Cleric, Power Word Shield, Radiance which used to be Mind Blast. Shadow Word, Death, Shadow Word, Pain. Those are the basic cards. So basically you have one piddly direct damage, one barely AOE board clear, if, if that. You've got an extremely expensive way to take your opponent's stuff. You've got a, a cheap but completely unreliable way to take your opponent's stuff. You have two things that remove minions. Um, one self-heal. Uh, you have a, a two buffs. And then a card that takes advantage of buffs. That's the class. That's the basic set. Like that's not really a whole lot to go off of. That's not Animal Companion and Kill Command, right? That's not Fireball and Frostbolt. And the basic set really doesn't make it much better. Like you have Akanai Soul Priest, Cabal Shadow Priest, Circle of Healing, Holy Fire, Inner Fire, Light Spawn, Light Well. Mass Dispel, Mind Games, Prophet Velen, Shadow Madness, Shadow Form, Silence, 
Temple Enforcer and Thought Steal. Like, that is all over the freaking place. Like, you have, you know, again, you have some of the take your opponent's stuff things. Like, Cabal Shadow Priest is a good card, but only in, in very specific metas, right? You've got a very specific removal in Silence. You have Temple Enforcer and Lightwell um, and Light Spawn, which theoretically go along with the idea of buffing and healing your minions, but they just don't work. And then you have a couple of, like, you know, I mean, you have Inner Fire, you have Prophet Velen, which really just doesn't work with a lot of the stuff that you have by, without a lot of help. And Akanai Soul Priest and Shadow Form are supposed to be, like, the whole... I'm told by people familiar with the matter that in WoW you have, you know, you have a Shadow Priest build where you can take all of your healing and convert it to damage. But you don't, you don't get that in Hearthstone. Right? Like, you have, you don't really get a way to do that. You have, like, you know, Alkanite Soul Priest, which has to stick to the board to let you do that. And then it's everything, right? It's not, like, selective. So it, it kind of, you're kind of giving up a lot in the process anyway. And then you have, like, Alkanite Phantasm or Embrace the Shadow or whatever that are, um, that lets you do it for a turn. But, like, you can't build a deck around that. You can't build a deck around a small number of cards that allow you to do that. So... Like, there's not really a clear direction for Priest to go in. So, the what the one thing that we do get is, well, Divine Spirit Inner Fire kills somebody, so let's do that, right? Let's, and, and Mind Blast was the other way, like, okay, well, Mind Blast times two is ten, so if we can make that five a little bit bigger, and we drop a Velen, then we can kill our opponent. But the problem is that the other way to do it, like, the... the the way that the game pushes you to, to play the game with, like, low toughness, sorry, low attack, high toughness minions, just, it never gets there. It's so slow, and you don't really have enough tools like Warrior has. Like, Warrior has, in the basic and classic set, it has, well, in the basic, in the classic set, it has Brawl and Shield Slam. Like... You don't have anything like Brawl or even like Twisting Nether for Warlock. Like, Warlock's not a great control class, but it has Siphon Soul and, and Twisting Nether. You can build something off of that. Like, the best AoE that, that Priest has naturally is Holy Noble, which is awful. Or Master Spell, which is not a removal. Which is why they have to keep printing things like Psychic Screen, like, like Dragonfire Potion, like uh, Plague of Death, right? Because... Otherwise, Priest just doesn't have any way to play a slow game, but you have to play a slow game if you don't have a way to burst down your opponent with that Divine Spirit Interfire. And so that's why, generally, the, the Priest decks are only good when they lead to one of those two win conditions. Because the tools that they have available to them naturally don't lend them to do anything else in the way that the tools that they're given lead them to play the game don't actually ever end the game. So that kind of brings us around to Dissolve. And where I think Priest is going to go, one, I, you know, we haven't seen the rest of those cards, but I have a pretty, you know, I, I have a good idea, at least with, with Dissolve, what that can lead to. Because, like, Resurrect Priest, with or without the quest, is, like, almost there. But the problem with Resurrect Priest is that the cards that you want to play in Resurrect Priests that help you get to your endgame 
are also minions, and those pollute your resurrect. So, you either don't play them, which is bad, or you play them and then you get punished when you resurrect them with a Psycho Pump or a Mass Res or a Katrina Muerte. Like, the way that... Resurrect is a lot like Recruit. Which, as I'm saying, that means it is probably not a great thing for the meta that they're bringing this off back, but we'll deal with that when we get there. But, but ultimately, Resurrect is very much like Recruit, where it gets more powerful the more that you can control what's going to come out. And resurrecting three minions, some of which are three ones, is generally not good enough. However, like, the death rattles that are in a resurrect priest are typically just cartoon defender and convincing infiltrator. That's a pretty good board to build off of, especially in the late game. Like, if you've ever played against a quest priest, which does happen because Zetalot plays it, and there are people who think that they can play Zetalot decks on the ladder, don't play Zetalot decks on the ladder. Um, like, if they play out a, Zer a Zerix cloning gallery, you pretty much lose because they get a convincing infiltrator, which clears off a minion or two, or they get two off your board. They get um, cartoon defenders, which heal them. And then they get to resurrect all that stuff later. Right? So... Um, so that actually is a pretty powerful package, uh, but it, and and they're taunts also, which doesn't hurt. But the problem is that you very rarely get like a board of those back. You're generally going to get cycle pumps. You're not even running Wretched Reclaimer, which is one of the best cards to play with those, because you're you're resurrecting a three. So Nazoth being able to resurrect just Death Rattles actually really powerful. If there's any way to manage to get that out alongside a Spirit of the Dead first, and be able to chain that, then things are going to get gross in a hurry. Like, if they were to say, reprint for Thorson, look out, that deck is going to be obnoxious. I, I'm hoping that they don't do that. Because there's a lot of things in Standard that will break when you bring Thorson back in. I really do not want to see but, you know, so that so I think that a Resurrect Priest, again, I don't even know if you need the quest. Maybe you don't, because the quest is just, like, slowing you down in that case. And it, at this point, the decks that you need the quest against are the decks that will just not hit you in the face early because they don't have to. Um, and, and the other thing is that this allows you to play things like Archivist Elysian. And okay with a war golem because you can you can shuffle stuff into your deck. I could see them potentially bringing back Archbishop Benedictus. I kind of hope they don't also because I would like to finish a game in less than half an hour. Thank you very much. But, you know, those are those are things that we can do too. So, I do, I am actually kind of optimistic for Resurrect. I mean, I've been kind of optimistic for Resurrect Priest in the face of long odds. But I do think that Nizoth may be the piece that it needed to kind of give it the selective resurrect. And I'm okay with that existing for a short time. I am actually really happy that they're making this temporary. Because, like, if they shake this up, this meta for two months, or they decide to end the event early, whatever, like, they can just say, okay, these are gone now. Goodbye. Right? Or we know that there's an end to it, and we're not going to be stuck with those cards for another six months. The way that we would be with the Rise of the Mechs event. 
so I like the way that they're making this a temporary event to shake up the meta. I don't know how I feel about competitive formats being there. I kind of wonder if maybe we should have a separate standard format for when they're going to do this kind of thing. Maybe we need another ladder. Hey, there you go. But I, I do like them making this temporary so that if they do overshoot, it's a temporary thing and we don't need to then have balance changes like we did with Pocket Galaxy. And they're giving everybody temporary cards. They don't have to give us all dust afterwards. I didn't, Not that I minded getting uh, dust from my golden Pocket Galaxy. So I, I'm a little bit more cautiously optimistic about the Wild Event. If for no other reason than we know that it's temporary and if it's oppressive, they can just pull the plug on it. So, and, and I think it might make me be able to play a priest deck that I want to play as opposed to combo priest, which is, just makes me feel bad a lot of the time because I'm not great at it and because it's very feast or famine depending on the draw. Alright, so that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Off Curve. As always, you can find the, ep the episode show notes at offcurve.com. Um, you will also be able to find it offcom uh, offcurve.com. Wow, words. I'm a podcaster. Uh, <laughs> you'll also be able to find there the uh, whatever the next incarnation of whatever dashboard it is that I end up building for um, for the Arlington qualifiers. So make sure to check over there. You can also uh, follow at offcurve on Twitter if you want to get announcements when new shows go live. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Wicked Good. Uh, Twitch.offcurve.com, Discord.offcurve.com for all of your uh, interaction needs. And uh, you can also leave a review on iTunes. It's been a little while since I've gotten one. Those always um, help people find the show and uh, make me feel nice. And if you want to uh, support the show monetarily, you can also do that through Anchor. There should be an, uh, a link in the show notes for wherever you are listening to this right now. So, um, as always, uh, thank you for listening. I know you have a lot of places where you can spend your podcast listening time, and I appreciate you spending it with me in this rainstorm that I'm driving home through. And uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. <laughs>